this is a takeover friends i am shanique allen and with me is melissa mcleod and today on heavily scaled we are talking about fitness family and friends specifically when they don't support your fitness goals uh i don't know about you but for me fitness has been an integral part of my life for a very long time and i know for melissa it's become an important piece for her as well but what happens when you are trying to make these changes in your life and your spouse isn't on board, your sister isn't on board, your parents aren't on board, your friends aren't on board. What do you do? Today, I think we are going to share a couple ways in which you can um, approach this, a couple ways in which you can think about this and what you can do to get them involved. So I'm going to jump in with the first two. And I think Melissa has a few as well that she's going to share. So the number one thing I think is worth looking at is the fact that you're doing this for you. So the first thing you're going to want to do is share the intention with your family. At the very least, let them know that this is something that you're doing for yourself and it's important to you. And this is not a matter of you asking permission. This is just simply you making it known that you are about to make these changes. Because what's going to happen is these changes will allow you to continue to be there for them, to continue to show up in your life in an energetic, vibrant, healthy way. So sharing the intention, I believe, is the very first way, the very first thing you want to do, not from a place of expectation, but from a place of simply sharing because again you want to keep the doors of communication open with your family um so you don't catch them unawares <laughs> at least that's what i think um melissa might think differently but i know in my experience just sharing the intention simple act of sharing the intention does a lot goes a long way um and what this can look like will vary I know, uh, Melissa, you and I were talking before, uh, one of the ways in which you share certain intentions might look like what? Like, just give us an example or two. Yeah. So if I have a few goals for myself, I'll tend to like vocalize them. So one, I can hold myself accountable and everybody else around me knows what's going on for that moment. So for instance, if I'm doing a fitness challenge, sometimes those come up throughout the year. I'll say, well, I'm going to be drinking 80 ounces of water every day, or I have to go for a five minute walk. And by me saying that people in my environment will automatically be like, oh, Melissa has to go on her walk today. Or did you go on your walk? So just saying those things out loud kind of make people aware about like what you're doing and um, they can kind of get on board if they want. And if not, then you can just kind of enter that on your own. So just me kind of vocalizing that out loud and letting people know about my changes has been a way that I hold myself accountable and then also lets my family know um, and friends what's kind of changing and shifting in my importance in terms of my wellness during that time. All right. And then when they don't particularly share in the excitement, and I use excitement in quotations <laughs> with you because some people don't want to go for a walk, some people don't want to work out, or worst of all, when it comes to making nutrition changes, especially if you live in the same house with someone and you tell them, I'm making nutrition changes, it becomes this thing and automatically they're like, does that mean I have to make nutrition changes too? So right there you have a battle about to start. <laughs> The question, yeah. question then becomes, how do you share that intention with the family without it creating 
havoc. We'll get to what that can look like in um later yeah. on or how to address that. But that's just something that came to mind as you said that as far as sharing your intention. People instantly go, ah, you're gonna change, you're gonna give me all these greens to eat or maybe eat bland food because you're going on a diet or you're changing your diet. Yeah. Um so yeah that's a real possibility. That's a real life example by the way. A hundred percent. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, the second thing I wanted to bring up is something that's very important, I think, but a lot of people don't think about, that when you're trying to make health changes or just changes in general, you have to realize that you might just have to go it alone. Like, the one thing is it's, this is being done for you. It's not being done necessarily for somebody else. So you have to have the expectation that it is a solo journey. Sure, you would love to have others on board with you, your family on board, your spouse on board. But what happens when they're not? You then don't pursue it. So the one thing you want to think of when you're you know, pursuing these changes related to your fitness or your nutrition or whatever other health change you might be making is that you might just have to go it alone and you have to kind of be okay. If you're not okay in initial stages, you work to become okay with that. And that can look different. And that can how that can occur can vary and can change. So one thing I know people can do, especially if it scares them to go this journey alone, is to start with something very small, so small that it doesn't seem like that big of a deal, but it's something that's reachable, something that you can do and don't feel like you need to have somebody out there with you doing it in order for you to stay consistent with it. So something like just maybe having a glass of water in the mornings, that's a small change, as opposed to you telling your family, okay, everybody's drinking water, no juices, that type of thing. Um, so it's starting small. And then the second piece to this is you might just have to look for outside support, additional support. Um, and this is super important um, because community is something that helps people thrive especially in a community where there is you have people doing the things that you want to be doing if you've ever signed up for a fitness program or you're in part of a gym that people are going to the gym every day that's a community that's one way to look at it you know with us we're in street parking and that's another community and a lot of people join street parking because people are already working out and it's the norm there so finding that kind of support um, is important and I know that a lot of people fear the whole going it alone because they just don't have the motivation and they don't feel inspired. Um, and it's one thing if you try to do it by yourself, guaranteed that you're going to struggle. But if you reach out to people, there are people who want to help. There are people who can be just as invested in it as you are, as, as we have seen in street parking. So, And especially if you pay for that community or pay for that support, Trust me, it's an entire different um, ball game if you do that, and like we do with street parking or if you go to the gym or if you have an accountability group. So those are two main things I think that you can do as it relates to dealing with unsupportive family members. Um, what do you think about that, Melissa? Yeah, I 100% agree. Um, building that community for yourself really helps too. I mean, that's how Shanique and I even got together. And with Gabby, because we all had fitness in common, that brought us to the, our online fitness program, which is street parking that we all do together. And we were able to build a friendship through something that we all love and support each other in. So having that support system automatically kind of helps us in our goals when maybe some other people in our life won't do that. And then 
Also just thinking about if, you know, you are living in a household, if you have children, a husband, um, family members, or just your friends, depending on who you live with, just like, what are other things you can set up if no one else in your house is doing something like the same way that you are? So is that maybe you getting up a little bit earlier before everybody's awake and kind of getting your workout in, or that's when you do your walk, or do you have to prepare your own separate meals because you might not be eating what everyone else is eating or make more meals in the home? So there's just like little different things you may have to consider to understand that if everyone else in your home is not kind of going through the same exact thing you are, that you kind of have to adjust and ex- it may be a little bit extra work for you sometimes, but just to make it possible for yourself without overwhelming the people that you care about and that are around you. So that's kind of something that comes up with me in terms of, you know, when other people aren't on board. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else to add to that, Shanique. Nope. That's, that's, no, those are, that's a good reminder, actually. You know, you might have to just do these little things because, again, it's about you. The intention is for you. It's not trying to appease other people. Sure, you might. And let me say this, Melissa and I do not have kids. Gabby's the only one with children here. Yeah. Um, but she's not, she's, we're taking this over today. So parents do not come to us. All we're saying here is Please. sometimes you just have to do these little things and go the little, what some people would say is extra mile. And it might be a little extra work, but it sets you up for this kind of success that you want, especially in the face of, um, unsupportive family members. So if you don't do it for yourself, you can't expect them to do it for you. So you have to do every little bit that you can to set yourself up. Yeah, a hundred percent. So then I wanted to talk a little bit about focusing on what you can control and then also, you know, understanding that it's not your responsibility to change what your family uh, members expect of you or expect for their own health and wellness goals. So one story that comes to mind for me is when I told my family that I wanted to be a vegetarian over four years ago. So similar to Shanique, I had come from a Jamaican background and none of my family in Jamaica, Rastas are probably the only ones that eat like more vegetarian styles. So for me to come to my family with all their meat loving glory and say that I'm no longer going to eat meat, it was a lot for them. They were confused. They didn't know what I was going to eat. My mom only makes food with meat. So what am I supposed, like, what is she supposed to do for me? Cause you know, I was living with my parents at the time. And so it was just a lot for everybody and they didn't really understand it. So just also adjusting that. And for me being prepared to make my own meals, uh, cause even sometimes if, you know, if my mom wanted to make something for me, it might've not been to my liking per se, because of how our culture has been around vegetables, which is a whole other conversation that we can have. But just making sure that you make those meals exciting sometimes, you kind of have to figure it out for yourselves because we traditionally make vegetables a little bit more boring. But like I said, that's another story. I don't want to get on it right now. (laughs) But yeah, in doing that, it was a shock for my family. So they were a little bit offended because I would have to constantly say no to the meals that they were eating. And I had to set certain boundaries and say, listen, it's not that your cooking isn't great, but this is a decision that I'm making for myself and I'm trying to see it through. And sometimes that meant me bringing my own food to family or friend occasions with friends. I'd have to bring my own meals. Um, or it could just be me preparing an additional meal, you know, on top of my family because sometimes they would have their whole meal and then there was nothing left for me and there might be a few veggies, but that wasn't going to be enough to sustain me. So then doing that and then also managing, you know, my feelings around other people having opinions about me changing my meal. Uh, Like my dad would make fun of me and say like, oh, you eat rabbit food. And, you know, it was funny, but at the same time, it's, you know, that's how they saw it. So then, especially if you weren't meeting whatever physical 
goals or what people expect when you do eat a certain way, then it's like they're a little bit confused about how your lifestyle is adjusting. And if they can't see the immediate changes, then they're not really sure why you're doing everything you're doing. So also getting comfortable and not always having to explain yourself and continue to trust the process and go on the path. Because if your family members and friends don't necessarily always see your results um, or understand it, then they might be a little bit more resistant to your change. Um, So keeping a little bit of that in mind is helpful. And I don't know, Shanique, if you have anything you want to share in regards to that before I kind of segue into my next story. I just wanted to back you up because that that rabbit (laughs) comment was something I got not just from my family, but my friends. When Back when I used to eat very, I was, granted, it was a little regimented. I used to diet for competition. So my food was a little more uh, regimented than normal. And mm-hmm. I would get all these comments and taunts, you know, you wouldn't want to have such a, you know, you don't want a little bite, that type of thing. And while um, I was good in saying, you know, no, and, you know, enforcing that boundary. Sometimes it felt a little off-putting for me, like they don't respect or or, or honor the, the goal I've set for myself. And like you said, yeah. if they can't see the physical change, they're like, why are you even doing that? And we can have an entire mm-hmm. conversation about that expectation there as far as what we see, um, the purpose of some of our actions, like what our family see as the um, the reward. Because clearly, if you're going to cut out meat, there needs to be a reward for doing this. Clearly, if you're going to eat rabbit exactly. meat, there needs to be a reward. <laughs> if they can't physically see it, then the onslaught, the, you know, the onslaught of judgment and criticism will continue. So you kind of have to have a, a broad back. <laughs> but again, it's back to the focusing on what you can control, which will enable you to you know, build that broad back, so to speak, um, and the setting of that boundary that you mentioned. So I just wanted to back you up on that. (laughs) Thank you. Exactly. And also kind of really being rooted in why you decided to make these intentions for yourself, because you're constantly going to have to go back to that and the different communities that you've created for yourself. Like if you have a certain fitness community, a gym that you go to, or a few friends that are involved in, you know, that similar background, really being in tune and surrounding yourself with those people as well really helps, especially if you have some unsupportive members or just people who don't understand. Cause I don't think our family or friends always mean to come across as unsupportive, but it could just be them not really understanding what you're doing. And it just seems strange to them. You know, even when I started CrossFit in 2013, that style of working out, especially for me as a female, a lot of people didn't understand. They were worried about me getting bulky or um, just in terms of like when my hands would rip from the pull-up bar and gymnastics movements, you know, it was just like not nice of me to be a female with rough hands and like fleeting hands and everything. So all those little things that you have to like kind of be able to work through and be like, okay, I know this is off-putting, but I know these are the goals that I have and this is what I'm going to continue to do and kind of just really go back to your why in regards to that and trying to be rooted in why you're doing this and create a, you know, a separate support system if you're the people that are immediately around you. And sometimes that means you might have to distance yourself, but that doesn't always have to be the answer. So just making sure you can find ways to kind of navigate if somebody does have a negative language around what you're doing. 
And then that also brings me to kind of a change that a lot of people probably did experience, especially with the onset of pandemic that I did, that was new for my family and I was me working out at home. I didn't traditionally work out at home before, but once the pandemic started in March 2020, I decided to leave my gym even before they were closed and I was going to start working out at home. But that was going to be a little uncomfortable for me because my family wasn't used to accommodating me in the space doing that. So I had to set my own times or I would have to tell everyone like I'm working out, this is the time that I'll be, you know, in this room doing this. Can you give me my own privacy? And then if I was recording, oh man, I would definitely have to tell everybody because then they would get involved in the conversations or, you know, my dad, oh, I miss him so much. He passed away recently. Um, he would sometimes like go in front of my camera and then like apologize and be like, oh, did I mess up your video? Because uh, they got so used to me recording myself or just trying to be present so I can share some of my content. Uh, but even for him, this is something we'll get into. He's consistently started to see me get up in the morning throughout the pandemic. And that started to, you know, show him that you can work out at home. He'd see my dumbbells. He'd tell me, oh, Melissa, you know, when you move out, I want to buy your dumbbells for you. So I could start using it to get, um, you know, gain some muscle for myself. And before I had the dumbbells there, he wasn't as interested. And, you know, even my mom, she would see me working out and she would be like, oh, if Melissa can work out, then no one should be gaining weight throughout the pandemic because you could just do workouts at home and it only takes a few minutes. So just little things like that and creating those systems, because, you know, obviously they might be resistant at first, but if you set up certain times or let people know what you're doing or build the resources around you at that time to kind of make it possible for you to set, you know, get your intentions in, whether it's with your food or your fitness, then that's going to help you be a little bit more successful. And then I'm hoping Shanique can also share a little bit of how she may have adjusted throughout the pandemic or just, you know, bringing fitness into her home because I know she has a lovely home gym. Um, so how that is for her. Well, my home gym was in existence long before pandemic. Um, <laughs> I left the gym the full year before the pandemic started. So it wasn't um, that much of an adjustment as far as say my husband seeing it because husband and I met in the gym that's the first thing so he knew long ago that it was part of my my life however when he met me I was into bodybuilding so for him the concern was me putting on too much muscle and getting super bulky granted he had been in it so he wasn't particularly super worried but just when I started to compete you know, just getting to certain levels of leanness, he struggled with that. And this brings me to the point that it's not my responsibility to change his mind. I wasn't trying to change his mind. He just under, had to understand that this was something I was choosing to do for me. And he had to accept it and work with it, if not move past it. Um, I wouldn't change what I was going to do just to accommodate him because at the end of the day, it wasn't for him, it was for me. So that was a boundary I had to set up for myself. In terms of like my the working out at home piece, um, when my parents were alive and I was back in Jamaica and I used to go home, I used to take, this is long before SP, I actually used to take my dumbbells and my kettlebell and a TRX trainer back home I love it. when I went home and I would do workouts in my garage and my father would be like why are you out here just go for a run or something like why am I spending the time in the garage or he would tell me I have some yard work in the back I can give you if you want to do <laughs> oh, some <laughs> right so for me you know for them they didn't particularly understand the need for me to work out as often as I did and to them I was living in the gym when really I spent 
Well, at the time, I was a personal trainer, so I actually did live in the gym because I did train clients. But for my own personal self, I wasn't in the gym for more than an hour each time. So, But to them, because I was doing it every day, it was, you live in the gym, you know? So um, them seeing that, though, and me constantly being about the gym and talking about the gym and, you know, making the changes, even when I go home, and I would go home and like make lunch or dinner for my mom uh, or when she came to visit me and I would make a meal and it was far different from the meal that she would make, you know, you know, back home that she started to like look forward to it. So when I went home, she'd be like, Shani, can you make this for me? And that type of thing. Yeah. So it's not like I was pushing it on her. It's just this is what I have and this is what I'm going to make. If you want some, you can have some. And by introducing it to her that way, um, I kind of created the, the desire for her to you know, want to try more of that. So this brings me to the point that when it comes to the changes that you make, it's not your responsibility to change somebody else's mind. It's for them to yeah. come to the conclusion that it's something that they need to do for themselves. So something like um, me like walking my sister back in the day when she was back at home she was at home with her parents uh she started to walk far more often than she normally would she didn't have a car so outside of walking you know when you're back home in jamaica you take public transportation it's not a short walk from say the bus stop to your house it's another yeah. it's a, what we would call exercise like like a good solid mile where we live. So she, beyond that, she wouldn't do exercise. But when she started to hang around with me and how active I was, she then started to utilize our neighborhood and walk. And she lost weight from just the, doing the walking. And the point of that is that was her decision. It wasn't mine. I just showed up and continued to do me, as, as people would say do you and others will either fall in line support you or they will that kind of relationship will kind of fizzle out or they won't interact as much with you so you'll have to be kind of okay with that um but also recognize that it's definitely not your responsibility you can always invite that's something i always say you can always invite people um for instance my husband i always invite him to come and work out with me in the gym i did say we met in the gym but he's not (laughs) still not anywhere near as active as i am so I will always invite him. We have a sweet home gym set up. I will invite him and he will say, no, I'm okay with that. So I don't have the expectation that he's going to come. If he does, I'll be ecstatic. But I've learned to let go of the expectation that just because I'm doing it, he must do it as well. He has to come to that conclusion himself. So recognizing yeah. that it's not your responsibility, I think is also something that we really have to consider when we're faced with unsupportive not as supportive not um, not yet on board family and friends yeah and that kind of goes into leading by example sometimes because even when people are unsupportive when they kind of see you you know even Shanique mentioned with her mom wanting to have some of her meals when she'd come over it's consistently seeing you show up and do certain things people they observe they take notice of it and it can make an impact um when you do want to talk to them more about it or if they're interested because if they do get involved in their own wellness journey they'll likely come to you or mention it to you or kind of want your encouragement throughout that process so that's something to be mindful of because even me eating my rabbit food, my dad would be like, well, Melissa knows how to make broccoli. So if she's, she's going to be the one to make me broccoli because 
it tastes the best out of everyone here. So that was something good because I was able to get him to eat some greens because he wasn't a man that was always having his greens and it was tasty for him. So I made something that's traditionally not so appetizing, something that he would want. And that was, you know, that came from him. So if he'd asked me to make it, then I would do that for him. So those little things can really create impact. Um, You know, sometimes if I even have friends over, I don't really keep a lot of snacks where I live. And that might be off-putting for other people because they want something to kind of snack on. I'll buy you a real meal. We can cook, but I don't really have a lot of snacks. So I I had some uh, Dave's Killer Bread and almond butter. And I gave that to my friend. I was like, this is what I have right now, um, unless you want us to order some food. And then she went around telling all my other friends that, oh, I gave her some nut seed bread with almond butter and I need to get regular snacks in the house. And I thought it was hilarious, but she also enjoyed it. She was like, well, it was healthy, but it tasted good. So it still worked out a little bit in the end, but you know, her running joke was Melissa's eating so healthy. She doesn't even have regular snacks in the home. Um, so just leading by example, people can kind of get involved and pick up on those things. And that's how we can kind of start the conversation. If someone does express interest, uh, cause we shouldn't expect that our loved ones will be doing the same exact thing or want to be on this healthy wellness journey for you, but you can always share the information you have and kind of just be open to, talking to them about what they're doing or if they have questions about nutrition or fitness, just having a discussion with that. Like I said, any expectations, that's the biggest part because you don't want to put too much pressure on them. If they're just coming to you because they know you're someone that's involved in it, but they don't really, they might not be set. They're just having a discussion. Uh, So just keep those things in mind. And um, just to segue a bit into how to get people involved, if they are interested in, it, um, Shanique and I kind of talked about meeting people where they're at and understanding that, um, even if your sister, husband, brother, anyone wants to get involved, um, they might not be at the same place you are. And you have to understand that and adjust a bit in your mindset when you are helping them and making sure that you don't make it too overwhelming for them to start the process. So a simple thing for me, you know, usually if I'm doing a challenge or my sister will ask me about it and she's interested in it, so she'll say, oh, I think I could do this aspect of it for you. So for one challenge I did, I wasn't going to do sugar for a month. And I was like, if we eat something sugary, then we have to do burpees. So for me, the penalty was 100 burpees. And for her, that is beyond reason. And it is. That's why that was the penalty. So you wouldn't go around eating sugar unnecessarily. So the penalty for her was 10 burpees. So that was still horrifying for her. But it was a reasonable challenge to where her fitness level was at. So she made sure she didn't get involved in too much. And then when it was time to do the burpees, she knew that it was time. And, you know, she'd be like, oh, I can't handle this. I'm going to die. And then she did the 10 burpees. And I was like, oh, you're still breathing. So I guess we made it through. Um, but she held herself accountable to a level that was supportive for her. So when it comes to my sister, she's not nearly at the same like love of fitness that I am, but she's always interested in doing it in ways that, you know, work for her and then asking me for advice or workouts. But then also just, you know, she wants me to support her and meeting her where she is and not put too much on her. So I do that the best I can. And I'm sometimes I'm just her cheerleader um, and providing, you know, support if she wants, but also not putting that pressure since I know I'm regularly involved in that. And then Shanique, I guess you could speak to that a little bit more about how it is in your home with your husband. I know you say you ask him regularly and with your family and friends how you've kind of incorporated fitness and your wellness goals with them. Well, for me, um, 
meeting them where they are is always I think it's it's something I learned a long time ago instead of trying to force them to do what I was doing um, I'll use my husband again as an example um, because I've been inviting him all the time to come into the gym and do a street parking workout <laughs> he sees me do street parking workouts and he's emphatic about it he's like no I mean, and I, before I sometimes I even before I finish asking, he's like, no. Um, I got into cycling though, and he's like, okay, I think I want to try this, and that's been the thing. So whereas the workouts, he'll tell me no, I got into cycling, and he's like, I'm I can do this, and he came along, and then I'll take that even further with the cycling is that I can ride longer miles. But for him, he's like, no, I, I'm not going to do the 10 miles, 20 miles that you're doing. I will do the one mile loop. Let's start there. I'm like, OK, yeah. all right, let's start there. And then that one mile loop became a two mile trek from our house. Then it became a little bit further. So I met him where he was and took myself out of it, as at least in those some moments. I was like, if I wanted a longer ride, I would go for it myself. But yeah. where, if I was riding with him, it became, okay, it's something for us to do, but also I was encouraging him so that he could keep doing it. And as a result of that, he started to ride more, so much so that he, when he's gone, he's gone riding without me. I was like, look at you. But the yeah. point there was I met him where his, he was. And it's something that I know people struggle with because they want people to do what they're doing. And but this is where you have to take yourself out of it. If what you want is to get others involved, you kind of have to not make it about you. It can't be about you. It's about getting them involved. Especially if the outcome is to get involved, you kind of have to remove yourself in the sense that don't center yourself. Let's just let me put it that way. Center the goal, which is getting them involved. And if that means they start with the 10 burpees like your sister did, or in my case, starting with the one mile loop with my husband, then that's where you're going to start. And that's good. And you have to support them in that and continue to support them. Forget the disparaging remarks. Don't compare <laughs> them. Don't compare them to yourself. Um, like I could do more than that. It's not a competition, you know? And that's another thing too that I've often seen. People will say, well, I can do X, Y, Z. And it becomes this off-putting thing. So rather than encourage them, it discourages. So Definitely meeting them where they are is concerned. The other thing I wanted to add to that was by you setting the boundaries of saying, like you, you, you use the example of your dad where he started to see you get up early in the morning and do that. He became accustomed to seeing that and therefore he started to yep. respect that. And he went as far as to say, okay, he will eventually buy the dumbbells from you. And that in and of itself is creating change. And the same thing here, you set that because that's because you've set a boundary. So if you set a boundary, it let the boundary is not for them, you know, the boundary is for you. But in setting that boundary for you, it makes them aware. And as it builds their awareness because they continue to see it, that also can spark interest. That also can, like you, you said, make them want to have the discussion, make them want to step them foot inside the gym, make them want to try the class, make them want to do something um, to take care of their health, which which then brings up the point, which goes back to making them, meeting them where they are, is supporting them in whatever it is that they choose. Yep. So if it's not the same thing that you are doing, you got to be okay with that because it means 
uh, as long as it is getting them to move more, to eat a little healthier, to be more concerned and interested in their own wellness, that's enough. Yeah, that is 100%. And I agree with that. And to even think of like, sometimes even if we think things are simple, we also have to understand that our simple and someone else's simple might be different. And also meeting them where they're at could be environment. I know when I used to walk with my parents, my dad was fine with walking with me around the neighborhood. I could get him to go around the block. We would do that. And it was a time for us to bond and also talk. So also fitness doesn't always have to, you could start in places where it's just like a bonding and more calm experience versus just going straight into something. And walking is a great way for that. But for my mom, she didn't want to walk around the neighborhood. She would go to the park. So if we wanted to include her in our walks, we'd have to drive to the park and then we would have to walk around the trails that they had in the park. And that's, was something she would do, but making that adjustment to say, okay, mom will walk with us if we go to the park was something we would have to do. Uh, so just being mindful how those little things can also really impact your friends and family um, and adhering to their schedules too. Cause sometimes people are really busy and them thinking of the concept of fitting in just a five or 10 minute workout is difficult. So even if you keep saying, well, it's just 10 minutes, anybody can do 10 minutes. Just trying to see, um, you know, having those conversations and, you know, talking with them about it. If it's something that they really want to do, you know, try to maybe you could help them figure out ways to build it in that doesn't seem so overwhelming. I've definitely done that with friends that have expressed things to me. If it's just like five minutes after you wake up in the morning, see if you're able to do this and it's just five minutes. Don't make it anymore. But if it's too much because they're tired, then, you know, it's not something to beat them up about. It's something that, you know, people kind of build over time as they may adjust their mindset and how they think about fitness and kind of not making it something as complex as people usually make it. And I definitely love the idea of supporting people in other forms of fitness or wellness and what that looks like and partaking in a class with someone else. Cause just because we do CrossFit style workouts or street parking doesn't mean maybe someone can't take us to like a spin class or Zumba or something. You don't want to make it seem like you're kind of more superior because you do this one aspect. If someone's out there moving, like you want to support people that you love moving. Cause that's it at the end of the day, if you're able to be active and you can get other people involved in that, then that's just a beautiful thing. And that also reminds me of this idea that, it needs to happen. So you mentioned the five minutes and looking at someone's schedule or working with them to figure it out. One thing that I used to do was break up somebody's work. So if somebody can't five, five minutes or 10 minutes, break it up. So instead of five minutes, let it be a movement. So break it up so that, say, for instance, a workout has three different parts to it. Instead of saying, yeah. OK, you need to spend this 10 minutes doing all of these movements, do what you call fitness snacking. My friend... Um, I first heard her use this term and call it fitness yeah. snacking. So you snack on a fitness movement or different movements throughout the day, as opposed to saying, okay, you need to commit this amount of time to get this done. For some people, even to tell them you need to just go put on your shoes or you need to get up and grab this piece of equipment and do this for five minutes might be a little daunting. But if someone is at their desk, yeah. for instance, and you say, okay, if you just get up, like, at a certain time and just do 10 squats or 20 squats and call it a day that is still movement and if you do that later on in the day and say okay in the evening after dinner maybe you do some push-ups or in the evening you go for a walk the point is you're breaking it up and allowing giving them bite-sized pieces so it feels like a win 
for them as opposed to them trying to eat the whole thing. Because we know when you shove things on people, it's hard for them to consume, especially if they're slightly, even slightly resistant to it. Yeah, definitely. And like you said, just those snackies, like just taking the stairs instead of the elevator or, you know, if you're able to walk to work instead of driving, if those things are possible and people fit it in, like those are might be this, a simple way to get more movement in somebody's routine. Um, so definitely encouraging and accepting those from our loved ones is important. Yeah. So getting your family and friends into the same kind of routine, if not on the same um, plan as far as making changes for your wellness, doesn't have to be this gigantic thing. As in, I have a coach that says you're creating drama where there's no drama. Um, (laughs) It really doesn't have to be so dramatic because if you go into it with a certain kind of mindset, but also a willingness to adapt, it becomes this less daunting kind of situation. So sharing the intentions, um, letting people know this is what you're going to do, setting the boundary. Um, If you need help setting the boundary, that's where you have coaches and accountability bodies that can help you do that. Recognizing that you might just have to do this alone, which again, leaning on your accountability bodies and supportive spaces. system or support system or support structure is key as well that's also one way to navigate the the whole challenge of not having supportive family and friends focusing on the things you can control again you only have control over you you have none over anybody else recognizing that it's not your part responsibility to change people let them see the change and want to make the change themselves um, you invite them to do that by leading by example. People will eventually warm up, if not become involved. And, you know, doing it all without expectation, because at the end of the day, it's for yeah. you. Um, and then how we get them involved, remind people how we can do that, um, meet them where they're at. Um, again, boundaries create, help, help you um, set yourself up, but also gives them something to... Emulate is not the right word. It's more like it gives them something to work towards because you set a boundary, you see it often enough. They're like, okay, well, I can do this. It gives them hope then that they can also do the same thing. Um, What were the other ways to get them involved? And simple tasks. Just don't overcomplicate the movement or anything. Like, you know, we were talking about meeting them where they're at. Just keep it simple. Um, you know, like Shani said, if it's just something in the middle of somebody's day, if you're at your desk and you just need to get some squats in or push-ups in between commercials while you guys are watching TV, just those little things that can kind of add up and not putting pressure on them that they're expected to do it, but just letting them know you're supporting them in that if they want to do it. And if not, it's also still okay. Um, so I think that's a big thing and a takeaway to have from all of this today as well. And just enjoy your fitness, even if it's you have an unsupportive family. We're doing this for us, um, our long-term wellness goals. I mean, people have aesthetic goals, all sorts of goals. But at the end of the day, when it comes to fitness and our nutrition, we are here just trying to figure out what's best for ourselves and um, being rooted in that. And like I said, and why you're here, it's going to help you even on the days if your accountability buddy is overslept or whatever the case is. Like, just remember why you're here and why you're doing what you're doing. And like Shanique said, people 
when they see what you're doing and you're showing up on a consistent basis, it's going to have an impact whether you think it is or not, because they'll probably want to join in at some point, or at least they're noticing and they're respected and they understand it, even if they don't always vocalize it. Cause I've seen that come up in different scenarios as well. When I thought some people were unsupportive. Yep. Um, I think that's what we've got for heavily scaled today or takeover. Yes, our first takeover, and we're definitely taking over again. So you should give us another listen next time when our episode comes out. And we want to share a bit with you guys where you can find us if you're interested in learning more or following our journeys. You can find me on Instagram. My handle is at deadlifts and waffles um, because I like deadlifts and I make a bunch of waffles and really enjoy them too. Uh, So that's how I got that name going. And then Shanique, you can share with us. If you want to find me, uh, I am also on Instagram at Shanique Allen underscore. You can also go to my website. Um, I wanted to just invite you all for this takeover or this podcast in general. Please make sure to like it, subscribe it, share it with your friends. And let them know that this is a fun place to tune into. So thanks for listening, everyone. Thank you, guys. 